It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. I am Steve Cofield. Come on and do it with me. The tight shorts typhoon. I'm like a, a leaf blower. I'm like a wood chipper. I'm like a, a blender on puree. I need you. I am Steve Cofield. 351 pounds, allegedly. Even if he does look like Eric Gregg ate James Tony. Now I'm very angry. With Steve Cofield. It's Yeah! All right, here we go on a Friday, 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 Friday from Vegas, from Albuquerque, getting ready for UNLV New Mexico football tomorrow. We got Raiders football on Sunday. What a week it's been. Uh, I know Willie is uh, worn down. I can only imagine the people who are close to the story and how horrific this whole thing was with Henry Ruggs and Tina Tintor, who uh, passed away on on Tuesday morning. Ari's in our Finley Toyota studios. Uh, Much to get to. We are going to check in with uh, the big fella who covers the Raiders, Adam Hill. In about 30 minutes. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Willie, would you say Las Vegas is a good donut town? Well, I would say any town is a good donut town because there is never anything wrong with donuts. Today happens to be National Donut Day, correct? It, it is. It's National Donut Appreciation Day. You know, they, they add these words so they can have several. So there Multiple. could be National Donut Day. There could be International Donut Day. There, today is National Donut Appreciation Day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is it donut or donut? That's a big thing. I, I would like to know. I would like somebody, I would like our listeners to, to tag us, tag ESPN Las Vegas, tag uh, Steve Cofield, tag me, Willie G. Ramirez. Are you spelling donut, D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T, or D-O-N-U-T? How are you spelling it? Now, on the page we use to find out what day it is, these 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 crazy, corny holidays, uh, it's National Donut G-H Appreciation Day. How, how are you spelling it? When you just spell it, when you type it out, when you tell the SO, hey, I'm bringing home donuts, what are you typing? D-O-N-U-T. Same, same with me. That's it. Quick, easy. That doesn't mean, doesn't mean I'm anti go nut. I'm not. I, I'll go to a place that spells it that way. I think it's interesting. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pass on a draft beer because it's spelled uh, with an F T or a G H T. You know, okay. I'm drinking both. Sure. I'm equal opportunity. I'm not. Now, have I'm you ever seen a, I'm draft? Not get a no, again, have you ever again. seen draft beer spelled D R A P H T? I know, but I Neither would it I. stop? Would it stop me from grabbing a beer? No, absolutely. Not at all. Not not at all. Absolutely not. Uh, I'm guessing. I think we've had we've had this conversation before because there are like 14 national donut days during the year. Yeah. I assume Ari is a, like an old fashioned donut guy, kind of the chalky one that has no taste. I, I swear that's exactly what you said last time too. I know. Uh, it's a fair assessment. No, I'm uh, I'm big on it's got to have chocolate. Oh, actually, let me start with this. There's no need for bacon or anything like that on a donut. I- I kind of, I actually like the introduction of bacon and some of the goofy That's, stuff. You can have your your opinion. Oh, I just Lord. think it's it's there insane. It's getting insane. Like the cereal and all that stuff. Chill yeah. out. Boston yeah. cream jelly. Do you, do you, Ari? Are you all about the uh, the burst in your mouth? Oh boy. I I will answer. I mean that. it that way. The yeah. uh, Boston cream, yes. Uh, there is another one, uh, chocolate cream. I think it's called, and it's like powdered with chocolate. That one's that one's even better than the Long John's. Uh, jelly is out. I'm I'm good on that. But anything with chocolate, chocolate glaze, chocolate frosted, sprinkles, I'm in. 
This is this is the most adventurous I've ever heard you get when it comes to food. You are the most boring person in the world in terms of being a foodie. I will tell you, I've had a lot of free donuts, free opportunities for free donuts, so so that I can you know taste the different kinds with no sure. repercussions. If you don't have to pay if, if you don't have to pay for yeah exactly. If you don't have to pay for it, then you can take the risk. That's Willie. Right. Uh, it's immediate, 100%, hands down, without a doubt. First thing I'm grabbing out the box is a chocolate bar. End of story. No eclair, no cream, nothing inside. It's a chocolate bar. It's done deal. You're going on, I don't know, 46 years strong now, 45, 47 years strong. That's the first bar. That's the first donut out the box. It's a chocolate bar, and I don't want nothing in it. Do do the fancy donut places have they now ruined kind of the plain old donuts? I think the traditional that, donuts. I, I here's the thing. I I think that they've ruined the uh, the appreciation for what is going to the old school places. We're not supposed to name places, right? But there's old school places that I that I that I mean I remember way back in the day that has the same first initial as the initial of my name and that's the first place that i would always go to and get donut holes you're you're a winchell's guy i yeah man i'm an old school like like i don't like okay so i went to portland once in my life i went to voodoo donuts right there's a couple of places in town there's one up in aliante that that actually rivals that but it's like just an isolated place not a franchise and they try to do the same thing but it's so much. It is so thick and rich and heavy. It's like it tastes like you just ate an entire cake. Like here's the thing. We just had this conversation. Me, Adam Hill, and I think Ari, right? You remember? And, and the question was, how many Krispy Kremes can you take down in one <laughs> setting? Because they are so light. They're not thick and everything. So like I could take a bite. And Adam's like, okay. I told him. I said I could take down a box of those on a, like a crazy leg day. Like if I'm going for a PR, like that would be a great <laughs> sugar pump. That would Personal be a wild. Right. That would buy a that would be a wild career uh squat day, bench day, and you just have an incredible pump by down in a dozen of those. But You're a maniac. Yeah. You can take but down a whole but box. here's the thing. So so now here here if I just go to a regular donut place, just like, you know, just your everyday donut place and you're gonna get a box, the fanciest I'm getting is I will do the old school cinnamon uh rolls, uh, you know, the Whatever, just the big cinnamon bun, and then or the apple fritter. And I like. Ooh, the, wow, okay. I like it, and I like those heated. I want those heated up, and then you got the. So if I get a box and I bring it home, I may let's just say a Saturday, and I get a box, I may save those for Sunday so I could heat them up, and then nice hot in the morning with a cup of coffee. Um, twists are good, right? Got to get the glazed twists. And I am on. I am opposite of Ari. Like no cream, no Bavarian. No BS, but I will do a jelly. What about you? Willie is, uh, you know, what's funny is I mocked on Ari about the old-fashioned donut. I actually don't. I, I the Whatever the crappiest donut in the box is, I will often grab it. I, I, uh, I, so can, eat, I can eat any of them. But yeah. I, I can tell. Willie's addition to the show is so perfect blending in with the way we talk about food. But he's like next level. <laughs> You are so expressive about freaking donuts. That is, can you that is can tremendous. you tell through through because we're looking at yes, each other, right? Yes, yes, but yes, you yes. could tell that this is the best mood that I've been. In. Oh, you, you need it, right? You need it. All right, top four. I'm gonna get a donut. Number four. All right, best fights coming up. We got a big fight weekend, and then there's actually a celebrity fight on the horizon. What is uh, most interesting to you guys? Canelo and Plant, UFC 268 that has uh, Colby Covington and Kamara Usman, or is it? The 
Jake Paul Tommy Fury card on December 18th, which will also include the debut of Darren Williams, the former NBA player, who I hear is, is quite the athlete and has a really good fight background. Well, you already know, like, I'm not against UFC. I don't dislike UFC. I'm just not really into it because I've never followed it from the jump. Um, the celebrity thing is more entertainment. I'm a boxing guy. I'm an old school boxing guy. The old school Vegas boxing, right? From the early late seventies, early eighties, going to those when I was a kid. So obviously, I'm going to go with the boxing match. Um, and, but if, can I throw a wild card in here? Because I, 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 of course, I, you know, Crawford Porter is going to be a, a monster of a matchup. Yep. So I'm fight. really looking forward to that. And I had that a chance can... to cover that, and I can't go. Oh boy, I got to cover. Uh, Canelo. Canelo's a minus nine hundred favorite. Oof. in what could be one of his more competitive fights of late against undefeated Caleb Plant. Canelo, this is getting kind of crazy, just trying to find him fights. He's now fighting at 168 pounds. He's what for his career? Like 56, 1 and 2. The only one was when he was like, you know, 12 years old. He wasn't, but um, when he fought Floyd. And now the amazing thing is you think about he he fought Floyd. I think they did a catchweight. I'll have to look it up. It was like 150-pound catchweight or 151. And... Uh, you know, now Canelo is fighting at 168. He's probably going to finish out at heavy or not heavyweight, light heavyweight. Um, but years ago, they fought each other, and you know, Canelo just wasn't ready at the time. And there won't be a rematch. There's never going to be a rematch in that fight. But uh, yeah, UFC 268's got a pretty good card with uh, with Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington. It should be a one-sided fight like the first one was, but it's always fun to see Colby talk and talk and talk before the fight, and then just get freaking swamped and destroyed uh, in the actual fight. So that'll be pretty cool. Top three stories. Number three. Boy, how about this story that's thrown out there by one of the CBS football insiders who believes that John Gruden may actually end up back in college football. Um, and a lot of that could be because he's, it sounds like he's planning on suing the National Football League. With some of the stuff that Gruden said, and I know, I know a lot of people just want to kind of brush it off, but can you do a redemption tour, come back in a couple of years and go, yeah, I want to be the molder of young men and be on campus at a school? It depends on what takes place from now till then and what kind of rehabilitation you provide, not only to yourself, but to society. You are what coaches who are respected mentors um, – like our own local Vernon Fox to Herm Edwards to whomever, you know, you are a mentor to young men. And we're talking about guys that are coming into the pros. And now you're, now you take, he's talking about college football. So you're talking about 18 year old men, 19, 20, 21, a mentor of young men. You, you are, you're teaching the game of football, you're coaching the game of football, but you are also trying to meld the minds. If you're going to college, let's face it. How many how much what's the percentage depending on the program you're at, but even if you're at Alabama or Georgia or USC or UCLA, how many are going to the pros? The rest of them need to learn life lessons and learn right from wrong. And I'm not putting anything that's going on with the Raiders right now, not one iota. I am not putting on John Gruden. But he was the coach for the last three years, and we are seeing some guys go awry. It's not his fault, and I'm not saying it's oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold, wait, wait, wait. hold on, hold on a second. Okay. Who was putting together the roster and who was doing the draft? Who's going to recruit and who's going to put together the roster on a college football program? 
There you go. I mean, is that unfair to say? It's not. It's not. I mean, some of the some of the stuff we're seeing today, Willie, with Damon Arnett. Right. There were some concerns about Damon Arnett going into the draft. They appeared to reach 15, 20, 30 spots higher on Arnett to grab him. He hasn't turned out to be the player that they thought he would be, and now he's becoming an embarrassment potentially off of the field. They Gruden, drafted him. Gruden was, who, who, Gruden was who his wanted him. backer. Who wanted him, right? Yeah. So you can't just say, hey, John Gruden has nothing to do with what's going on now. And for a university to bring in a guy – who said what he said for, you know, over the course of like eight years on email, you know, does he practice what he was preaching? And then also his track record now in terms of judging football players and judging character has to be called into question a little bit. Well, and right now you have to say, who is he to judge anybody's character? So that's what I'm saying is he's got a lot of rehabilitation to do, not only to himself, but to society improving that he is capable of being a mentor to younger men. And the reason why I sort of preface what I said before is now we're talking about professional football players who become millionaires, and it's it, it maybe it's a little bit harder. So if he didn't couldn't didn't have enough control or didn't didn't have enough influence to meld those minds, what's he going to do with younger guys? Number two. So some of the latest stuff around Henry Ruggs now, Willie, what do you think yesterday of what Mark Davis uh, told Vinny over on Raider Nation Radio 920? Um, are you are you cool with that? I am. Let me let me let me say this, Steve, because you know that this has been trying for you and me and even Adam. Adam and I texted today while he's out there and, and even Ari. When you're watching videos, hearing things, it's 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 all it's very disturbing. But I will say Tina Tintor's name all weekend. If somebody brings up the situation and prefaces it with Henry Ruggs, I will say, no, this is a Tina Tintor tragedy. But I will say this. When you are close to somebody, as close as you are, like a Mark Davis or like Henry, Henry Ruggs' brother, you are automatically going to defend not the action but the man. Just like Mark Davis said. The football player, the, the man off the field, he's alone, he's out there, and he did this to himself, and he has to own up to it. He has to live with this terrible choice that he made. But there are gonna his circle is still going to – they're not going to just stop loving him. They're not going to stop – they're not just going to say, I hate you. They're going to pray for them. They're going to pray for his soul. They're going to pray that he can survive incarceration if he's convicted for what he allegedly did if all comes out. We have to wait, right, and see toxicology and the blood and this and that. But, you know, lawyer, law talk. So I'm not getting into accusation, but it's out there. We know. We saw videos. But Mark Davis, he said that he loved that kid. Vinny and I talked after he did that interview. I was about 20 yards away from that interview. Watching Vinny conduct that interview, and I asked him, and he said he's broken up. He was broken up. He said he had to hold back tears. He, he was emotional. That's not – he didn't embellish in his story. He was holding back tears. He loved that kid. Same with Henry Ruggs' brother. The people that are defending him have a right to defend him in terms of – and I don't mean defend what – you know, the, the action. I'm talking about defend themselves supporting him and loving him still. So I don't have a problem with his circle, his family, his people 
loving him still. God forbid a family member of yours or a family member of mine did something and that, that they would be absolutely horrified, sorry for. You're not going to stop loving them. And that's the position that he's put a lot of people in. Number one. Well, on the football front, you would think the Raiders need to replace Henry Ruggs. Uh, I don't believe that's the case, at least with some of the players that we've been talking about this week. And now Odell Beckham is squarely in the sights of many teams around the NFL, I would think. Um, They did make it official today. The Browns and Beckham. The settlement was reached. He gets put. Uh, he gets placed on waivers on Monday. Uh, he can be claimed, I think, up until Tuesday at four o'clock Eastern. And then we'll see if anyone puts in a claim on him. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion. Uh, one, if you're a franchise that's not off to a good start, do you grab him and look at him and go, you know what? We want him for this year and we want him for the future. Will there be a team that's only got one, two, or three wins that will say, hey, we're high up on the waiver order. We're going to take them. Well, why wouldn't they? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible the Raiders are low well, on I'll, that I'll, list. I'll, I'll break in and say, why wouldn't they? Because what if they get word from Beckham that he ain't showing up? Okay. So so you are you're, you you are you do need to talk to yeah, 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 Cam yeah, yeah, Beckham yeah. and make sure that he's not going to pull an Odell Beckham in this Odell Beckham situation. Absolutely. He's going to, you know, and he, there's going to be discussions, but the question was, would a team, you know, with, with one or two want him and, 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 and claim him? That's the question. The question isn't, would they claim, would somebody want to claim him whether or not he wants to or not? So they... Well, that's part of it, though. That's part of it. If, if, if it, if, okay, listen. Well, if he says, if, I, if, if, he, I, if, if he, I think risk... If I think risk-reward on Odell Beckham, you know, I'm ta- just talking about locker room stuff. If yeah. I'm the Lions, right, and I'm like, hey, we don't have enough good players. If I'm the Jaguars, hey, we don't have enough good players. Let's grab Odell Beckham. And then you grab him, and it turns into an embarrassing freaking, you know, Antonio Brown-like fest. Yeah. That, I mean, I think everyone's got to consider that possibility with what he just did in Cleveland. I do not think that any team that is about to claim him is going to do so without doing due diligence because of – his background, you know, in terms of what he his his uh, the history, and the I fact think, that he, I think that they're going to at least, you know, I mean, could you see him joining the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer? Could you see a team picking him up, the, a, a, a bottom of the barrel team, you know, a, a, a bottom of the standings, I don't know, what is, league standings? What does he want? But what is, Willie, that, Willie, that, what, is, what does he want, Willie? Because yeah. I saw uh, George Shiruri today from PFF. I saw him tweet out, and he's like, I, he said. He doesn't think Odell Beckham gives a crap if he goes to a losing team, which I think suggests that as long as he gets the ball, he gets his catches, he gets his touchdowns, maybe winning isn't that important to him. Well, I think there's two things that Odell Beckham you have to look at. Number one, he'll always want to get the ball. He'll always want to be the star, right? But if he has to meld into a core, a receiver's room like the Raiders, where you have a Brian Edwards, a Zay Jones, a Hunter Renfro, a Darren Waller who can be a tight end or a receiver on any given play, and you have a chance to get to the playoffs, then maybe you're going to eat some humble pie, keep your mouth shut, and meld yourself. But if, but he, so I think that he hold. I mean, he's he it, to him, he holds the cards in both situations. I can go be a star here, get paid, and be the number one guy, or I could go to a contender and mailed myself into a receiver's room. I feel like there's a lot of people 
being willfully ignorant on Odell Beckham in talking about all these teams wanting him. I don't get it. I watched a bunch of different shows this morning with former players, and maybe they know this story better than we do. Maybe they know people in the locker room who swear by Odell Beckham. But I, I saw person after person who played in the league. Well, now let, let me qualify this, though. We're talking about guys like Steve Smith, Keyshawn Johnson, D'Angelo Hall, which is weird. They're all in support of teams bringing in the talent Odell Beckham. They don't mind what happened in Cleveland. Let me repeat the names again. Steve Smith, Keyshawn Johnson, D'Angelo Hall. What do those guys all have in common? Same thing. They, when they played, they ruffled feathers. Yeah. They complained. They had issues. So when I hear, you know, the backing of those guys, I'm like, well, are they really the most objective sources on this? On the way back, we're going to hear from Steve Smith because he uh, melted down over this whole thing and wanted to go after Baker Mayfield. And then, uh, yeah, but we'll go after a a broadcast diva um, in Skip Bayless, who he thinks the Raiders are a match. And I'm I'm like falling over. I, I don't see how the Raiders are a match. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. I'm prepared to do whatever, and, you know, if, if he's back, then we'll work through it and do whatever it takes. I can, I can put my ego and pride to the side to, to win, because that's all I care about is winning. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. studio. Baker Mayfield on the way back. We'll get to what Baker was saying there. Uh, a couple of updates, because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now, Willie. First of all, we haven't talked about the Golden Knights all day, but really quick here. Uh, update on Jack Eichel. Uh, Eichel, it appears, I guess, next Friday is going to have that artificial disc replacement surgery. Yep. It'll be in Denver. And Eichel said uh, that uh, the doctor in this case, uh, Dr. Chad Prusmak, uh, he's been the catalyst behind all of this, and that's uh, – He's somebody I have extreme faith and trust and uh, and confidence. Okay. Um, I guess I have one question. Who is this Dr. Chad Prusmak? And have the Eichels talk to Joe Rogan? Um, building on that, <laughs> Rex Chapman just tweeted out. Rex Chapman, the former NBA player, just tweeted out. He said, my dad was in a car wreck a few days ago. Ankle surgery. Tough dude. When we couldn't reach Joe Rogan... For treatment options and guidance, we allowed orthopedic surgeons and anesthesiologists to actually perform the surgery. So, uh, yeah, folks, if you missed it, uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently uh, did not go the conventional route of getting vaccinated and was leaning on the counseling of Joe Rogan uh, back before the football season. So um, this has become quite the fiasco with Aaron Rodgers. Well... That says it all right there. That's sigh. All right. Yeah. So, so um, Odell Beckham is available. He's going to officially be available on Monday when he goes on waivers. There's tons of Raiders fans who, who want him. I, I don't get it. I think you, we've seen what Odell Beckham is, and he's not even a good player anymore. I don't get it at all. But, you know, the football talking heads and the guys who played the game, uh, they're going to chime in on this, and maybe they've got great connections, and they think that Odell Beckham's a sweetheart and Baker Mayfield's a jackass. This was Steve Smith, who, by the way, uh, don't forget when he played was uh, quite the handful. You were pretty good. 
and Baker Mayfield isn't. Now, I know Baker yeah. may not like this because I know he hears things, but, son, let me just tell you something. Focus here, folks. I would have yeah, loved Prince. to hear. You're not very good, and Odell is moving on because of you, bro. Odell's moving Okay, so it's Baker's fault, which, by the way, I would I would respond to Steve Smith as someone in the broadcast industry. You're not very good because I watch you, and a lot of times I don't know what you're saying, and you don't seem prepared, but you're in the opinion business, and you gave an opinion, so I don't need to take cheap shots at how weird Steve Smith is. Um, but I see, again, I don't think Steve Smith is a guy who's objective on this. First of all, he's a fellow wide receiver. The other thing, and again, Steve Smith's history, Steve Smith was a freaking lunatic when he was on the Panthers. He's a productive guy, but... I mean, there was a, a, a point where early in his career, he was a really angry dude. He just walks into a, a meeting in a dark room and just knocks out a practice squad player. Um, so I think a lot of the, you know, the wide receiver mentality, and it's not all of them, but the guys kind of stick together. And in this case, listen, I, I'm sure I'm sure Baker is, a, from a personality standpoint, a handful as well. Listen to Skip Bayless here talking about uh, where Beckham should go and, and maybe the perfect match. Odell plus Las Vegas equals... Yeah, thumbs up, because now you've got the brightest lights. He right. needs the second brightest lights this side of LA the New York. But Las Vegas is a pretty good third yeah. choice, because you got if you want glitz and glitter, you got it. Yeah. So I think he would rise and shine for the Raiders. What a disaster. Okay, so let, what me, a let, disaster. Me, let me cut you, in you here. Can, that's, that's, what, that's what $10 million a year gets you, that, that Vegas is the match. Come on, Skip, get out of here. But the reasoning, the reasoning is the cover on the book. Right. He's the guy, you know, he fits the mold, you know, the glitz, the glamour. Uh, uh, that, but that's not that that's, that's not what cuts it these days. You just not done talking about Willie. The other the other thing is that's not really the Raiders now. That's what I'm saying. That's not what cuts it. And right now, especially with what I just showed you during the two breaks ago, this is not a team that needs to take a risk. I am not slamming Odell Beckham and predicting that he will be a problem here, but track history, track record, you have to take in consideration what you're getting yourself into based off of what your team is going through and what it could be about to be going through based off what we just saw on this TikTok video. So, you know, it's they would have to do their due diligence and vet this guy incredibly and make it understood. Basaccia, Bradley, Olsen, and you know what? I'm just going to say it. John Gruden, when we didn't know about the emails, he put together a fantastic staff. So if he did one thing right during his coaching tenure, before we knew that he was writing misogynistic, homophobic, and racial emails, he did put together a staff that is pretty cohesive and is doing a damn good job in terms of the personalities and the respect that they're getting from that team. Bisaccia, Bradley, Olsen, and then all the way down the line, veterans Rob Marinelli, Cable, those guys have the attention of this team. The last thing they need is to take a chance unless they're going to vet. Yeah, I just don't see Mike Mayock walking to the coaches and going, hey, guys, I've got someone else on the way that you can babysit. <laughs> Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios. 
there's no handbook that they give you for the obstacles that you occur, whether you're a parent, whether you're a teacher, whether you're, you know, my dad drove a truck. So there, there's no blueprint for these things. And I just think we all lean on each other in there. There's a lot of other coaches that we have on staff that have a lot of experiences. We have players that have gone through other things. So I think we've done a good job of communicating with each other. And we've tried to give the best resources that we have to our players. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. My Lord, the Raiders in these videos. So, Willie uh, was noticing a, a video out there with Damon Arnett. We'll get into that. Guys, I just looked up. I don't know if this just came out or I missed it during the show, but uh, TMZ has some surveillance video. It came out an hour ago from Tropicana. Check that. From Rainbow. And you see the car that appears to be Ruggs' car in comparison to another car driving on the street. And that might have been Tina Tintor's car. Um, but, he, the, like, you can't even imagine how fast it looks, probably at 120, 130 miles an hour on Rainbow. It's the, These videos are just, they're so jarring. And I'm not easily moved that way. I'm, I'm pretty steely on this stuff, but... Yikes. And I know Adam Hill's been covering this all week long. Now he's in New York to cover the Raiders and the Giants. Adam, somewhere on the streets of uh, the city or maybe at a hotel. Where are you, Adam? What's going on? Uh, 33rd and 5th, right outside the uh, Empire State Building, right outside a bar nice. here. Nice, nice. Belly of the beast. Um, yeah. All right, well, let, let's start off with uh, – we actually I, – I know I know you haven't you know seen it yet, uh, but I just wanted to talk about what's developed today – with Damon Arnett on the heels of rugs. And now this is both of the first round picks in that draft. And the Arnett stuff that we, we know about is a story that's out about a past accident and a lawsuit and maybe an effort to try to fool uh, who, you know, who, who was driving the car. What are you hearing about this Arnett deal? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not great. Obviously what came out last night, there was a, a lawsuit filed. And I think now it's becoming public just because of everything else that's going on. But it sounds like it's right outside the team facility. Uh, I know Rich Versace was asked about it today. He said, listen, this is a legal thing. Um, he's handling that outside of the team, and I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say the team doesn't have anything to do with that. But I do think we start to ask the questions uh, that the last couple of drafts, the Raiders have said, like, we're drafting character. We draft people, not players. And now you're you're seeing some of those things show up in a, in a negative way. So, uh, I think it's fair to ask those questions. Well, the other thing, Adam, is if you read the details in the law and 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 the uh, the lawsuit and the, and the court documents, right, and what was reported is if he left the if he left the scene of the accident and went to the facility and then was later found at the facility and confronted there, and then he admitted that he left because he was late for a meeting. Bah, 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 the team knew about it. So did they cover yeah. this up? Well, I think it's also, listen, I don't know. And I think those questions need to be asked. They should be asked. That's fair to ask. But I think we also have to point out that this was something that happened last year when everything in the facility was different, right? Like, it's possible that they could have found him without being around anybody, that he wasn't near anyone, that he didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. So I think those questions need to be asked for sure. Yeah. And they, the answers need to be, you know, given. But I also think we need to step back and say, okay, what, like last year was a very different year in terms of who knew what was going on. It's possible that he could have been talking without anybody knowing, uh, besides somebody at the front desk, perhaps, you know, I don't know. Listen, I'm sure that there was word got around. I'm sure people knew about this. 
but I'm sure they also looked at this as a traffic situation and didn't didn't want to step any further than that. Um, and now these are all coming out on top of each other, which makes it look a lot worse, like much more of an institutional issue, and I don't know if that's the case. The other thing, um, and now which, which just compounds this, um, and I always shared this via a good friend of ours um, sent me a video, um, one of our pregame media dinner guys, bigger guy, <laughs> sent me a video of, um, of apparently Damon Arnett – can you now? You guys are TikTok guys. Can you send like you can on Twitter and Instagram? Can you send private TikToks to people? We can go. You can go live on TikTok for sure. Okay. Well, it appears that because it, it looks like it has the TikTok live on there, or the TikTok logo, that he is waving a semi-automatic, not or not a handgun, but a uh, you know big machine gun, I guess, or whatever it would be. I don't know, assault like an AR or something of some kind. I don't know, but he's. Saying we five minutes away, pull up, you'll catch some. I will kill an N word. Come on, let's go. So on and so forth. And there's an entire rant. So I'm not sure who he was talking to, but you can see the other person's name. And I don't know if there's beef. I don't know if they're playing. I'm not. I don't know. But it's not a good look. No, and I think that's the key, right? Like, we don't know the details. We want to find out the details, and I think it's important that we do try to discover the details. But I think you're right in that of, like, we don't know what this is. Was this was this him and a friend just playing around? Right. Uh, were, they, were they, you know, was it like, hey, we're reenacting a movie scene of some sort? Exactly. Like, I, that's, what, that's what TikTok's about, right? Right. Um, I don't know. And I think, I think it's fair to say what the hell was happening. Why is this going on? Why is an NFL player doing this? Those are fair questions that need to be answered, and I think the team will be asked, and the team will be, um, you know, will need to address that. But I also think it's like, okay, this is the very early stages, and I think it's very easy to jump and say, hey, listen, there's a major problem in that building uh, because all these things are coming out at once. But I think they're coming out at once for a reason as well. Like this is the right. time to get all these things out. Adam Hill is with us. He covers the Raiders. He's part of the company. He's in New York getting ready for the. Raiders and the Giants game. You know what they need? They need some veteran leaders. They need some good influences. Why don't they bring in Odell Beckham to <laughs> to really have the the young guys lean on Odell? What do you think? Uh, you wouldn't prefer as a veteran leader, Djax? I don't want Deshaun Jackson either. I, I think I think it's the same nonsense. Uh, and and Djax is more of a specialist. I, there's a lot of people out there who believe Odell Beckham can still play. I'd love to actually see him play, get on the field, and stay healthy. How realistic is it that uh, they could? they could actually get him on waivers or that if he clears waivers, they do have the money, right? I mean, I, th I think they, they just cleared some more space with Jalen Richard. So yeah. what do you think about the possibility? Well, I think it's pretty clear they cleared the Jalen Richard space in case they wanted to make a move. Uh, my read on it is there's interest. Um, I think to me, it seems like what they're going to want to do is see how Sunday goes, right? I mean, they're going to go out there in a game where – they have, uh, earlier this week, when they released Henry Ruggs on Tuesday night, they were down to three receivers on the active roster. I think they're confident in those three guys, and I think they're confident in the practice squad guys as well. But I think they want to put this on the field and see how this looks. How does it look with this core of receivers right now? And if, you know, Derek Carr's feedback is, hey, these guys aren't open. Nobody's getting open. I need a guy. But get me a guy. Then I think things change. But I think they do want to see what happens on Sunday. I think they want to go through a game with this receiving core, and Zay Jones, I think everybody in the building is very confident that he could step up and, and play that role, but he's not, he doesn't have the speed that Henry Ruggs does. I mean, he's fast, but
but he's not Henry Ruggs fast. Uh, and so how does this look? How does this core look on Sunday? And I think that'll determine a lot of what they do in the, in the market in terms of, you know, Odell Beckham and, and Deshaun Jackson out Adam, you talk to people, you have sources, you haven't had a lot of access to the players in, in public. How are they going to, you know, get off the deck, you know, four or five days later after, uh, you know, the, the rugs crash where this poor woman, Tina Tintor, was killed? How do they respond in this football game? I don't know. And I, I feel like this is the kind of thing that we, we judge afterwards, um, which is, you know, it's, it's kind of silly, but that's how it usually goes. Like, we can't handicap emotion. Nobody knows how that's going to happen. And we tend to look at it as a results-based uh, thing where if they come out and they play really well, we'll say, well, this is their escape from reality. This is their escape from what's going on. They just wanted those three hours in the football field. And, you know, they performed well in those three hours because they wanted to get away from what was going on in their real lives. And if it goes poorly, we'll just step back and say, well, of course, they were distracted. You know, this, this was a crazy week. Everything was going on. And I think that's how it's going to play out. I think it's how we're going to see. But I think if you look at it, we had that same question in Denver, right? It was a crazy week. I actually remember writing, hey, this is the most tumultuous week in Raiders history. Well, that changed two weeks later. Yeah. Uh, but they responded very, very well in Denver. And so I feel like this team is the kind of team that comes together and, you know, rallies and they, they look at the being on the field as a chance to get away from whatever's going on in their real lives and they'll come out and play well. But I think it's certainly fair to question how they're going to perform on Sunday when they have to step on the field. Uh, I noticed on social media you seem to have changed your tune on Derek Carr. I mean, I know you've questioned his uh, his uh, genuineness. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Yes. I didn't yes. know. <laughs> it's a specific instance, right? Okay. Well, I like, want I wanted to, I wanted to point out that you did say, "Hey, in this case, it's a very difficult situation. Uh, Derek Carr did a good job of handling this." And then you got blowback from people who were like, "No, he didn't." And how dare right. you say that? Well, that's also people reading. That's people reading a transcript as opposed to watching the entire thing, and I think that's I think that's what happened, and I think that's a problem with Twitter sometimes. Although I love Twitter and Twitter is my world. Uh, I do think it's an issue, right? I, I mean, I put out a transcript of one question. He answered like seven questions on the topic, yep. and I thought that he was genuine, and I think it's fair. Like, yes, I still question Derek Carr's authenticity at press conferences on a general level. I do, but I think it's fair, and that's why I put out the tweet to say that in that particular instance, in that particular press conference, that is a situation nobody wants to be in. I can assure you that none of us want to be in that spot, I can assure you that nobody listening wants to be in that spot. Nobody wants to stand up there and answer questions about your good friend killing somebody. You don't want to do it. And, and I thought he did as best he could, and I thought especially when he said things like, listen, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if this is right. I don't know if what I'm doing is proper, but I'm just trying to do the best I can. Like, that's true, and I think that's the case with anybody. So I think it's fair to point out that while I think often Derek Carr is disingenuous with a lot of things he says at pressers, I did not want to be in that spot. I don't think anybody wanted to be in that spot. I think Derek Carr handled it as well as he possibly could, and I thought he came, off, came across the spirit. And to Adam's point, let's just point out, he was the only player that was made available. Yep. We had Basaccia, we had the coordinators, and then Basaccia Day. He was the only player that came in that room this week. Yeah, and listen, I, I you know, talking to some people yesterday, I was like, hey, I, I'd really like to talk to this person or this person just about football stuff. And I think there was a general feeling around the building. There was not a single player in that room, in that locker room, that wanted to come out and speak to the media. And I get it. I understand why. Because everything you say is going to be picked apart. Um, but Derek Carr did it. And I thought that was admirable.
Adam, we appreciate it. We know you're a busy guy, and uh, we'll see you next week when you get back, okay? Sounds good. Sounds Be good. safe, bro. There he is, Adam Hill. Uh, giveaway time. Caller 7, 364-1100, A pair of VGK tickets to the game coming up on the 13th against the Canucks. If you don't get the tickets, you can uh, also take advantage of our special with the uh, flight deck. That's uh, standing room only, but it is 160 bucks a ticket with all you can eat, all you can drink. Caller 7, 364-1100, Get the information for the flight deck at lvsportsnetwork.com. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, dude. All right, closing things out on a Friday. Willie Ramirez, Cofield, Ari. Fire away, Willie. Uh, Real quick, just real quick, because we have been harping on this about people slamming Las Vegas. And I just saw a tweet since college basketball is getting underway. Sources, Oklahoma State's Bryce Williams is serving an indefinite suspension and won't play in tonight's exhibition game versus uh, UCO. Williams was charged with the DUI in August. He is in attendance during OSU's shoot-around just in street clothes. I'm not trying to slam Bryce Williams, and I'm not exploiting. What I'm doing is reminding people that Vegas is not to blame for people's character. No. And uh, those of us around Vegas are starting to get a little worried about the people coming into town and their lack of respect for the people who have been here. So things need to get cleaned up because it's, it's been a very troubling week. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Stick it in. Wait a, se- wait a second. Uh, Arizona State broadcaster gets fired for harshly criticizing Herm Edwards' coaching. Uh, I saw the guy, Jordan Simone, saying uh, he loves the program. All right, do we know what he said? What got him in trouble? It just ain't working. And so the fans deserve better. Uh, these players deserve better. These players don't even realize that they're, they're, they're being coached so poorly. Um, and, you know, again, I'm a sun devil to the day I die. I love this university. And I love this football program more than almost anything in my life. There's, you know, a certain amount of things I can, I can count on one hand that I, I would, you know, really would die for. Sun Devil football's up there. But it's, it's, it's bad right now. Okay. Willie? They've what lost. do you think? That guy, that guy got fired. Well, well first of all, I, I'm not – they're 5-3. and three. He, They've lost two in a row. They're 4-1 and one at home. And they're one uh-huh. game behind Utah in the Pac-12 South. So they're not far <laughs> off from – you know, it was just a few weeks ago we were saying Arizona State when they, when they knocked off UCLA and they were atop at, uh, the, the South – and Utah hadn't made that run, we were saying that Arizona State was. So um, the other thing is, is he part of the, like, in comparison, is he like a Russ or a Caleb, not a sports talk guy there? I think he's a me, and I think he went on a podcast and maybe, you know, I'm not even going to say he got loose. I mean, he's just given his opinion. Um I don't think he should have got fired. He does have to go, he does have to go back and, you know, to the players and the coaches and, and, speak about these subjects so i will have to look into it more but unless yeah, he's, he's employed, out i, I don't he's i don't think he's by the school um yeah i don't i don't i don't know the, the contract i signed and I don't, I don't work for the school i work for learfield right but i don't i don't know that it said anything in there about don't ever make disparaging remarks or critical remarks of the program maybe i missed it maybe i better read the contract i don't know 
It's, it's, it's not. It's not. It, you better read your contract. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I, I th- th- listen. If you if you take these jobs, you you know, um, you know, you have a certain responsibility. You're you're kind of in a different position. And uh, the way I look at it, I'm still going to do my regular sports talk stuff. And and if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But I'm not going to kind of sell my soul. But I also think you do have to be. I mean, he, he obviously he has a strong opinion. He said it's not working, and like you just said, the season hasn't been a disaster. But I think what he's suggesting is it's trending in the wrong direction. So, just for the listeners who may be confused, when they when Steve said, "I think he's a me," he is an ASU. That Jordan Simon or Simone is an ASU broadcaster. Okay, right. and his his tweet was sad to announce I've been let go from the ASU radio broadcast for some comments I made on. Speak of the Devils, I'm a, I'm as proud of Sunville as you're going to find. I will miss my time on the sideline. So sideline reporter. So when Steve said he is a me, he's not a sports talk, sports show right. host, where Steve comes on to Cofield and Company and wants to criticize Ooh. a decision. He is a sideline. This guy is a sideline reporter. In Wait, New- Ari, Ari, did he he played at Arizona State? Yeah, he's a former. And he got sport. and he got a cup of coffee in the NFL. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, that makes we'll have to follow up on that. That's really interesting. We can, let's get him on the show. Uh, we we could. <laughs> He's yeah, available. We could. Man, <laughs> cut it out, Ari. He's free. I like Herm. Sorry, and he spelled we, we do properly. We, we do like Herm. But again, that, that's hey, that's someone who played there and seems like he's inside the program. So maybe there are some. I mean, let, let's let's all here. Here's the other thing. Let's be honest. He's covering a different type of program um, than a lot of places around the country. They were in a ton of trouble. And it's not all gone over the summer. So let's not act like Arizona State has been this great place the last year or so. I mean, they're they're accused – they were accused of some pretty heavy stuff, like a heavy violation of COVID protocols and doing some dirty stuff. Well, we are winding it down. Yes, we are winding it down. I want to give out a football pick. No uh, what do you – well, that's not an oh boy. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm hitting at a 79%. I know what we're about to give out, I think. With my five-star locks. No, no, no. Oh. Actually, uh, I wanted to talk about the Niners and the Cardinals because I don't think uh, Kyler Murray's playing in this line. Okay. I think it's showing that he's not playing. So it's already up to two. I got it at pick him, I think, yesterday. So I think the Niners will handle the Cardinals. And Steve Kimes even saying the GM, the same kind of stuff we heard about Dak, yeah. where he's like, we, gotta, we have to look at the long-term future, the whole season, instead of just one spot with Kyler Murray. I'm going to take it to college and give my pick out. Marcus Arroyo and the UNLV Rebels are going to get their first victory. Take it to the bank, baby. (laughs) Uh, It'll be nice. It'll be nice. Get it done. Get it done. Let's go, Rebels.